Hi, I'm Princess Rara. And I'm Dara, the Electro Khaleesi. And this is Pink Kink, the podcast where we talk about the pretty, twisted side of kink. Today's episode is produced by our electrifying pink kinksters, the ESW, Jay, Tempest, Brianna Lynn, Daddy J, Fabe, Embers, William P, Lady, Claire, Mr. N and Miss Jess, Mistress Good Girl, Lady Blooding, Gardener, Daddy Longlegs, Sea Dog, John M, Cassie, Primal Empress, Kaze, Clockwork, Baby Girl, Harley Gentleman, Roxy, Mistress Francesca, Slut Queenie, Alice Dash, Totoro and Bunnykins, Butte Pain, Cat, Stefan, Brooklyn B, Manda Panda, and Jam Today. Pink Kink runs off the generosity of our devoted patrons. As a patron, you will become a member of our special Discord server, receive some adorable Pink Kink stickers, as well as have access to a monthly behind-the-scenes podcast. In addition, our impactful and electrifying Pink Kinksters get special audio and video episodes. And finally, patrons at our highest tier will be recognized as producers, both here on the podcast and on our website. If you would like to become a patron, you can visit us at patreon.com slash pinkkinkpodcast or click the link at pinkkinkpodcast.com. A while ago, we did an episode on dating while kinky. We did. Because we kept getting so many questions about that. The other half of that, though, is vetting. Oh, vetting is, is one I hear about all the time. Very, very many people want to know about vetting. And we touched on this a little bit in another episode before this. I think it was it was one in the very, very beginning. Well, one of the things that happens is, is you can't really talk about just one thing without all these other things also being included. So, right. yeah, we do repeat ourselves sometimes. We apologize. But some of this information is worthy of being repeated. And necessary. Definitely necessary. The actual definition for vetting is to make a careful and critical examination of something to investigate thoroughly in order to ensure they have the required personality, trustworthiness, and or loyalty required for the position. Big. Lots of important words. Big words. In that definition. Very early. It's early in the morning for such big words, but I've had some coffee. You've had a little bit of coffee. Half of that giant ass mug that you've got. Oh, most of that giant ass mug. All right. She's plowing her way through Mama needs her coffee. That's what my mug says. I need water. (laughs) Well, I don't drink coffee for me. I drink coffee for all the rest of you. Keeps you all safe if I drink coffee. Yeah, and I'm the one sitting right in front of you. So keep keep drinking, please. (laughs) So let's, let's unpack that definition a little bit. Right. What does it mean in terms of BDSM? Right. Well, vetting a person is the fastest and most direct way to get to know if a potential partner is compatible with your vision of what you want in a relationship or... Also, let's not forget, you're also going to vet in instances of play partners that you might not be having a romantic or sexual relationship with, but you don't want somebody doing impact or electro or wax or anything else before you vet them and make sure that they know what the fuck they're doing so that you are going to be safe. I always insist on meeting clients at a public place like a Starbucks or something before we do the actual, I was going to say, event. Before we do the actual session. And I tell them it's to vet each other because they need to vet me too. I could be a psycho. 
Well, you are, but you're still a competent, skilled, knowledgeable psycho. Thank you. That was so See, sweet. you didn't think I could say nice things about you. <laughs> <laughs> the vetting process also allows people to compare wants, needs, desires, morals, limits, etc. Because let's face it, all of those differ person to person. And we're going to talk a lot about vetting from a dom sub standpoint, because that's the question I, at least that I get asked most often. Mm -hmm. But this also pertains to non dom sub relationships. What happens if you meet somebody and you think you're great, but you're a brat and they're not into brats? That would be a problem. Or if your potential dominant is a caregiver, but you're really looking for a sadistic master, you're not going to suit. So this is all part of the process of focusing around safety, around wants and needs, around desires, around limits, around everything. Everything that your relationship (laughs) can possibly have, that's what you're vetting. When it gets right down to it, though, the biggest component of this is make sure they're not a psychopathic murderer that's going to bury you in their backyard. Because that can happen. I'm sure it could happen. Mm -hmm. You say it like you know a story. I have a story. Ooh, okay. Story time, story time. I thought daddy was going to be one. Really? I didn't know that. (laughs) So when, uh, for our first date, we'd been talking for the two weeks. You know, we were getting along great. He had all the green flags, no red flags. I was like, all right. But I didn't know him. I'd never met him in person because remember, we met on OKC and I was like, I ain't messing around with this. So I gave my friend my number. Well, she already had my number. Location of where it was going to be, his number, his name, everything. Gave her all the info and I said, here's what time we're going to meet. Here's when I'm going to be there. I'm texting you when I pull in the parking lot. I'll text you, you know, when I when I'm in and I meet him and blah, blah, blah. So the place that he picked was a really cool sounding place other side of my town where I work and it had just opened and it was a comic book themed bar slash brewery. Interesting. Okay. Right up my damn alley, right? (laughs) Nerd bar. (laughs) I was so excited for this. I was like, okay, let's do it. So I get there and I'm, I'm driving and it turns out it was located in the industrial district of my city. As in, there was a gravel pit right near it. It was in a really shitty location. That's part of why they're not there anymore. But anyway, so I'm driving through the, literally, the there was like train tracks and uh, just this giant gravel pit and all these industrial workings. And I texted my friend. I was like, okay, I'm about to pull in. I guess this is where it is. I can't really see it yet. But uh, I think it might be behind that car place over there, that like impound or whatever it was. <laughs> And I said, if I don't call you or text you in like an hour, he's killed me and turned my bones into wind chimes. Damn, girl. You've been watching too many true crime TV shows. I think it was Dexter at the time. Oh, is that what it was? <laughs> yeah, for as much as I like Dexter scenes, I've never seen an episode. What? I know. Well, don't. It's actually, anyway. But I told her that. And also, I think it was because the radio host that I was listening to, that's one of his favorite sayings, was, you know, (laughs) crazy people, they turn your bones into wind chimes, and I got stuck on that. Okay. So that's what I told her. And then half an hour later, I was having such a great time with this guy, I forgot to text her. And Uh she goes, hey, are you okay? I haven't heard from you. And I went, oh, shit. Yeah, he's great. He's adorable. He's very, very cute. He's funny. We're sitting here chatting. Bye-bye. There we go. But yeah, so that's my story. Okay. So it is entirely possible. 
Absolutely. This I'm, is I'm why sure. you always meet in public. Absolutely. When you are talking to somebody and potentially vetting them, I'm going to try to get off of this murder now. Try to get back to less bloody things. Well, you're the one that put in the notes they could be a murderer. Yeah, I didn't know you were going to go to that level story. But, okay, do you know me? I thought I did. (laughs) For somebody who doesn't like blood, you've got a very bloodthirsty mind. I have a vivid imagination, yes. Okay. Comes from writing. What do you want from me? (laughs) Okay, we're fine. It's all good. Okay. Talk to you. Thank you. Part of what you're doing when you're vetting is you're looking out for red flags. And here, ready, here is my, if you take one thing away from this entire episode, I'm sure you'll take more, but just in case, yeah. the number one thing you need to take away from this episode is don't ignore your gut. I think we said that in the previous episode when we talked about this. It's extremely important. Your instincts know you better. As women, we tend to ignore them because we think we're being paranoid. We think we're not giving somebody a chance. Don't do that. Listen to your gut. Your gut will not steer you wrong. Also, not just women. It's a whole range of people that don't trust their gut, don't trust their instincts. And like I said, your instincts sometimes know you better than you do. So I agree. go with it. You're going to want to ask questions. Ask a lot of questions. Because right there, if that person has difficulty answering these questions or starts getting annoyed at all these questions, there's red flag number one, right? Pay attention to the answers. Ask for photos, mm-hmm. not not nudes. No. But you want to make sure that there's a face. And then, you know, for those people who are super paranoid, like Dara here, yeah. you can do a reverse Google search with the I've faces. See? As I said, paranoid people like Dara. I've done that. Not necessarily on Daddy J, but I have done that. Right. And did it work out? Were they real or did they use picture, fake pictures? Yes. Exactly. Both of them. I've, I've had some fakies and I've had some real people. And obviously the fakies, I just ghosted. Bye-bye. Adios. So tons and tons of questions. I have even said to a potential partner, can I see your driver's license? Because they looked really young and I didn't actually believe how old they were. And what happened? They proved it. Okay. Picked out the driver's license and proved it. There you go. Could have been a fake driver's license, but you can only do so much. Right. I Listen, mean, I did I've done I've done literal background checks. All right. How'd you do that? Uh, a friend helped me. Ah, okay. I was going to say, is there like a website you can go to? Yeah, there is. Well, I know you can look people up on the sex offender registry website. There is, and then there's others. I mean, if you try to Google somebody, they usually will give you options of, you know, those pop-up ads, use this thing. And you can usually find social media. For us oldsters, you can look them up on Facebook. On the face that is the book, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So when do you start this vetting process? Really, from the moment you start talking to somebody, you are vetting them. You tend to get to know them in an organic way, which is fine. You don't have to do this as an interrogation. I mean, when you meet people, right? I remember back in the olden days <laughs> in college, you know, what's your major? <laughs> Where are you from? All of these. Th- that's a vetting process. That is just a natural, organic vetting process. So basically, when you start dating somebody and you ask all those first date questions, it's pretty much that. Except when you add DS or kink or whatever it is into it, there's a lot more questions. Well, there's layers of vetting. So you start at the top with the very basic surface. 
You want to make sure they're legally old enough. <laughs> yes, please do that. Right? You ask where they're from because I have been turned down for being geographically undesirable. Being in the United States or just across the country? Uh, no, just like being in the state over. Oh, okay. <laughs> they didn't want to make that drive on the on the beltway? Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> I wouldn't either. And uh, look, I have to admit, I, I'm, you know, I'm always looking for new partners, the joy of being Polly. I don't want somebody who's an hour and a half, two hour drive away because I want somebody who can go with me to events. Yeah. And my events are local to me. So that's part of your vetting process. Is, right. Are they in a geographically desirable location for you? Exactly. I like that term a Thank lot, you. actually. You want to know, are you a dom, a sub, or a switch? Or neither. None, none. Of, the, none of those, you're just a hedonist or you're exploring or you're different things. Because for instance, as we talk about, Dar and I've mentioned this. For me, I need somebody who's experienced. Dar is perfectly okay with somebody Who's not as experienced, she'll train them. Oh, yeah. No, I've got somebody oh my God, like, sh- right now. You should have seen her. This girl's been giddy ever since she discovered this person who wants to become a part of the lifestyle and is new. <laughs> Dar's like, see, she's giggling now. She's like this giddy. It was so cute watching her interact with this person. Like, a newbie. <laughs> and just so anybody's wondering, she's not, this is not somebody she's grooming for herself. Nope. I mean, that'd be great. She's hot, so yeah. She's smoking hot. It's it's not somebody I'm technically grooming for myself, although that might be the impression that we gave a few people last night on purpose. Well, that helps. Just, uh, what's there the was, a, there was a reason for that, and it had nothing to do with me. Turn off other people. That's yeah, it that is. was. Yeah. it was a protection gimmick. Uh, yeah. She is technically currently under my protection. There you go. Um, but it's I've known her for a while. She has known that I have been in the lifestyle. And another, a mutual friend of ours also uh, is how we got introduced. But she told me a, a month ago that she was also, she's interested. She's like, okay, I've been hearing you guys talk about it. I've been thinking about it myself. I started listening to the podcast. I'm very intrigued. I would love to know more. And I went, okay, let's go. And she came to our mutual friend's party. And there was, it wasn't a kink party. It was just a party. There just happened to be a shit ton of kink people there. Oh, yeah. And she started talking to people and she started learning. And like I said, there was no kink involved in that party, but she got to talk to the kink people. And then she made the decision. She was like, yeah, I really want to learn more about this. So essentially what she was doing at that party was vetting the lifestyle itself for her, which I thought was really cool. When you're new, this is especially important for you to know if this is actually a, a process that you want to go through. If you want to be a part of the lifestyle itself, that is the first step. You vet kink. Makes complete sense. You should. Now, when you are vetting somebody, you are not going to want to start off with the invasive questions from the get-go and turn this into an interrogation because you'll probably turn the person off. What, like what size are your tits? Yeah, that turns me off. Really? It does. If that's what you're leading with? Yeah. It, well, yeah. I'm just and my answer is if somebody says, what size your tits? They're fucking big. What else do you need to know? You don't need to know specifics. They're nope. big. And you didn't need to ask me. You look at them and you can tell. Yeah, but what if you're online? I've got pictures of them online. <laughs> <laughs> I I know. I'm just uh, playing devil's advocate at this point. Oh, bitch. I oh, know. But when you are ready to start deep diving into the vetting process, you still don't need to ask. How big are your tits? That's true. But you do want to ask pertinent questions and then gather that information to form your conclusion. So some of your basic questions that you're going to ask 
do they practice BDSM and DS dynamics online or in person? Right. Because if their answer is they prefer only online and you're looking for somebody in real, as it's called IRL in real life to be able to do <laughs> stuff with, look at me showing off this Gen X and showing off all the terminology she's I mean, up. I knew IRL. <laughs> well, yeah. You want to sit down once you start feeling that connection and you start asking things like, what form of BDSM are you looking for? Are you looking for a play partner? Are you looking for DS? Are you looking for a relationship? Are you looking for simply play? All of these. Are they active in the local BDSM community? Do they attend munches and events? For some people, that's a big deal. Me being one of them. I am very active in my community. I go out into the community and I go to events all the time. I need a partner who can go with me. And if you're somebody who can't because whatever reason, and it's not for me to determine whether that's a valid reason or not, but if whatever reason you're unable to or unwilling to show your face and actually attend these events, doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means you're not the right person for me. So like me, I don't show my face online, but I'm very active in my local community. I go to parties. I go to events. I go to munches. I go to not big parties. And conventions? Events, conventions. Everything Brain like fart that. there? Yeah, major. I'm still not quite awake. <laughs> Need more coffee. I But I just prefer not to be online. So that's my limit. If I had a partner who was very active online, let's say Rara, would this be a problem for her? So in our relationship, which consists of a great deal of it is this podcast. <laughs> I mean, we were tight before, but I don't think I quite spent this amount of time with her on a Thank you. Thank you very much. Basis. One of the things that she asked me when asking if I would join her in this little endeavor <laughs> was, are you comfortable with showing your face online? And I said, no. Now, some people, if you're trying to make a brand, that would bother them. Rara has enough exhibitionism for the both of us. So that's not a problem. problem. <laughs> not a problem. <laughs> but that's a question. That's a valid question. It is. It, it's again, it is not. We're not judging if the answer is no, you can't be seen. There's a whole host of reasons. But if you're looking for a partner to go to events to, and there's somebody who can't go, it's not going to work. Are they wanting a monogamous or a polyamorous relationship? Because I, I'm sorry, I'm not willing to give up muscles. I mean, diesel. And <laughs> <laughs> I hope you heard that you just called him muscles. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> I'll tell him I said that. So a bunch of these questions that um, we're looking at right now, like I specifically asked Daddy J that before we even met. Well, these are these are deal breakers. Some some of the following questions that we'll list later are more about getting to know you and making sure we're a good match. But As a these, person, right? But these are just point blank deal breakers. If I if I'm talking to somebody, it doesn't matter if we line up in absolutely every other aspect. If they want a monogamous relationship, it's not going to work with me. Right. With you. What I specifically wanted was a primary daddy caregiver type person. I said I could train them, but they had to be kind of like into it, you know? Right. And I wanted, I, I'm good with monogamish, but I'm not polyamorous. So I didn't want somebody who was going to be polyamorous. I wanted somebody, and I didn't want monogamous either, because I'm not, I want to be able to play with other people, not have a relationship with them. But then I didn't want a person who was into polyamory because I want to be their number one. That makes sense. Yeah. I, it's just how I feel about it and just my particular thing. And then you were talking about attending munches and events. I also specifically wanted that because my ex 
wouldn't go anywhere with me. Do you remember the first few years I was here? I was doing all of this stuff by myself. Oh, yeah. I think I met him once because I came over to your house to help you with something. Right. Yeah, that was it. And um, he did nothing social with me. Nothing. I did every single event by myself. And this was not just kink events. This was just events, everything. Yep. So I specifically wanted somebody who was going to be munches and parties and all this other stuff. Now, another question you can ask, what are soft and hard limits? Oh, good question. Because if somebody's, I mean, I'm into blood play. I know, you're shocked. Nobody knew that, right? No, nobody saw that coming. We were blindsided. Now, my partner doesn't necessarily have to be into blood play. However, they need to be okay with the fact that I'm going to do it with somebody else. Right. And see the after effects of it, possibly. And deal with the scabs. (laughs) Sexy. Right? Ass scabs are sexy. Didn't we already establish that? Yeah. Ass, ass scabs are I, no, interesting. I think, I think what I said was because ass scabs are not sexy. sexy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can't see them. So, you know, I don't know what they look like. Diesel can see <laughs> them. I know. And he, he makes fun of the fact that how come he always ends up seeing me after I'm already broken, broken like that. <laughs> you know, are they a sadist or a masochist? I, I don't know that if I'm with somebody who's not into like a high level of pain, Again, because I'm monogam because I'm not monogamous, that's fine as long as they can accept that I am and they don't have a problem with me doing what I'm doing. But for somebody who's monogamous and you're bringing in a person who might not be into the things you're into, I don't see how that's going to work because here you go folks, ready? Don't give up the things that are important to you to be with somebody. No, because don't you settle. might be okay at first, but eventually resentment is going to happen. And that's not going to be good for anybody. Hi, been there, done that twice. Don't do it. It's not worth it at all. Another question could be, how often are you interested in actually doing the dynamic? Do you want something 24-7? Do you want just play sessions? If you're in a 24-7, is it a constant scene? Is it tasks all the time? Are you is it be, bedroom only? Is it bedroom only? Yeah, it's it's stuff like that. All of these you figure out for yourself, and then you figure out if your partner is within those bounds. So those are really starting questions to ask. Those are deal breakers that can stop you in your tracks pretty much from the from the answer on. We're going to tell you more questions that focus on needs and wants later in the episode, but that's at least a good start. Next part. Get to know the person behind the title. Somebody who is a dominant or somebody who is a submissive, there's more to them than just being a dominant or a submissive. Yeah, definitely. Because like, if I just introduce myself and say, hey, I'm a little, I'm not a little all the time. Well, that's not true. I am a little all the time. I'm not in little space all the time. Right. I can adult. You need to get to know me as an adult. And my little. Yeah. And a lot of the people that I've talked to are specifically looking for a dominant or submissive, but they also want somebody who's going to be a lover, a partner, companion. Some people, Dara, (laughs) was even looking for a future spouse in their dominant partners. So instead of focusing on just DS and play, get to know them away from that. What were they like as children? Do they have hobbies? What are their beliefs? What do they see their future looking like? That actually was a really big deal for me. The future question, believe it or not. I believe it. I wanted somebody with ambition. My last two relationships, actually the last several relationships, the person wasn't all that ambitious. And while I personally am not ambitious in my career, 
I do have certain things that I want to do with my life. And I wanted a person who also had goals, not necessarily career goals. Like I said, I wanted future looking person, not just somebody who's content to stay where they are. Yeah. So that was a huge deal for me, especially because, yes, I was looking for a spouse. And for me, it's the opposite. I'm not. And if somebody is looking for a permanent life partner or somebody who wants kids, I'm not the person for them. I'm long past having kids. I'm starting to turn the corner toward the grandchildren phase. (laughs) Though my kids have been ordered not to have any yet because I feel like I'm too young. I know technically I'm not, but I like to pretend I'm too young. (laughs) And I'm just not ready to be called grandma. It's all good. You could be a grandma. I could be. I'm actually going to be a bubby. And for anybody who's Jewish and knows that, I am a bubby. I know what a bubby is. Yeah. That's That's my thing. So if somebody is looking for that, I mean, look, if somewhere down the line I meet somebody and we decide we want to make it a permanent thing, okay, whatever, if it feels natural. But I'm not looking for that. I'm not looking for somebody to still be with in 5, 10, 15 years. Except for maybe Diesel. Hey, you know? If he still I, has I won't muscles. say no. <laughs> I won't say no. All right? But part of the vetting process includes going out on dates. Dates? Dates. With I know. partner? I know. Dating is something that a lot of people forget about. Especially because so many of these relationships start, as Dars did, on line. Mm-hmm. But you need to get to know the person behind the role, the title, the label. You know, and often we we can forget that we're just not we're not just looking for a machine that's going to give us hot sex and scenes, but a person and a relationship that extends beyond the bedroom, beyond the dungeon. Because it's fine and dandy that maybe you match up when you're talking about the scene, but don't you want more than just Let's have a good scene. Just one of somebody you can trust, somebody you can talk to, somebody that you can feel confident that when the scene is over, you still want to hang out with them. Yeah. And even if it's just a friends with benefits situation, even if it is just I'm looking for a scene partner, we've already talked about this several times. It's still a relationship. Exactly. And you need somebody that you're comfortable with in a scene. So getting to know the person behind the scene is also is just as important because that will help the scene. Yes, it does. Absolutely. You need to have a connection, not necessarily a romantic connection, not necessarily a sexual connection, but there needs to be a connection. Because remember, when you do the scene, you need to trust somebody. Mm-hmm. How can you possibly trust somebody if you don't have a connection? How can you trust somebody if you don't know them? Well, so that brings me to like, I do a lot of pickup play, especially at parties, especially with newbies. But my thing is, I talk to them. But here's the, here's something. During the scene. Okay. Your pickup plays, are you the top or the bottom? Top. Different. If you ask me, it's different because you're the one doing. So if at any time something isn't right to you, you get to stop the doing. Okay. What about the people on my table though? Well, but we'd have to talk to them. Right. They don't know me. Most of the people that I work with at parties, that's the first time I've met them. I go through a list of questions. That's it. I'm just really good at reading people. Well, on my table, if it's in regularville, I don't know what the hell is going on. <laughs> I'm not the observant. But on my table, I am. That's that's my big specialty. I know people's reactions. That's one of the reasons I'm good at what I do. They don't know that. No, but there is a level, especially let's say, So when you're going to be the demo top at an event, 
do you trust the event? And then you kind of have to go from there. I trust the event. The event trusts this top. I have to make, yeah, I have to make that connection. And usually in a good event uh, at the public dungeons, because I've seen this happen, they list in the event description who the demo tops are going to be and the demo tops bio. Yeah. And links. A lot of times there's links to either social media or FET or something like that. So, for example, I'm I'm demoing at Crucible a couple of times in the next couple of months. I'm on their le- I'm on their website right now. I'm on their FET page about being the demo top. They have my bio. They have my FET link. They've got whatever I gave them. And then those people can look through and see what I have listed. And word of mouth in your local community is everything. So your reputation is stellar in the community. I've worked damn hard for that. Right? And so you ask. That is also part of the vetting process. Ask. Which leads me to this next point. When you are vetting somebody, talk to your friends. Talk Talk to to people. Yeah, it doesn't even have to be people that you already know. It could be just people in the community that know that person. Right, but you need to make sure that you trust those people's opinions. So that's why word of mouth. That's why I'm saying talk to your friends. So while person A may not know the demo top, but you trust person A, maybe person A knows person B, trust them, and person B knows the demo top. So while yes, it's like a game of telephone, (laughs) it's still, it's still, and I've done that where it's like, I don't know you, but we have a mutual friend. I trust the friend. The friend trusts you. That's good enough for me. That's actually how I get people into parties. (laughs) I've done this several times. I have vouched for people to get into parties and they're like, okay, I don't know this person, but I know you and I know your rep and I know you're good for it and you wouldn't trust this person. So I'm like, and I've made a couple of mistakes. I've trusted people that I shouldn't have. We, I, I think we've all done it. That's just human, right? But you know, it's always been, uh, it's always been caught, and we've always fixed it, right? I met somebody last night. I introduced myself. Yes, there are still a few people in my community I have not met yet. I know they're but relatively I'm, new. I'm working on it. <laughs> I met somebody last night, and they went, "Oh, you're Rara," which always makes me nervous because what? What have you heard? Right? (laughs) People keep doing that to me now with the podcast. They're like, oh, I know this, this, and this about you. And I'm like, the fuck? But they went, oh, you're Rara. I've heard about you. Okay. What was it from? Was it like... Somebody, uh, another group had said, had told them I throw parties and I was a good person to get to know. I talked to that person. Yep. I know know who you're talking about. Yep. And I said, oh, yeah, her parties are great. So (laughs) it might have been me. But this is why why you need friends. (laughs) Because your friends help you. You gotta have friends. Oh, see, she broke into song first. I did it. Now, look, I, this makes me laugh because this is like high school, right? But really, have any of us ever left high school? There's it, it, there's still stuff just like in high school. I, I have. Thank you. Really? I'm, I'm done. Yeah. Okay. You and I have sat down and had the same conversations together that I'm sure you've had with your friends in high school. Give me a break. We've never really left high school, honey. Yeah, I'm still a catty bitch. Yes. But your friends know you. And they can see pretty quickly who you're compatible with and who you're not. So in the instance, if you're looking for a potential partner, this is not necessarily a potential play situation at like an event, but if you're looking for a partner, get together with your friends. Have your friends help you. Have your friends vet for you. Yep. Hey, we've got another story about that. The one who was a dom, but not my dom. And you kept trying to tell me that and I wasn't listening. 
You have to remind me. There's so many instances. Uh, not tall, tall, but semi-tall. <laughs> the one who became your roommate. Oh, that one. Yeah. Yeah. That was one of the mistakes. Yeah. He's a good guy, though. He just wasn't the right guy for you. I'm going to argue the good guy part. All right. Well, he's a good roommate. He paid every month on time. Okay. But one of the things is, is for instance, I, my third dom, <laughs> didn't do well with my friends. Nope. They had problems with him. Yep. A lot of problems. And I didn't listen. Nope. No, because, you know, I'm you stu- got- I'm a stubborn bitch. Who told you? Who told you how many times? Everybody. Everybody. <laughs> Everybody. But I'm a stubborn bitch. <laughs> yes. But here's the problem. In those situations, when you find yourself having to defend your partner, it's never a good sign. Yeah, I did that with my first husband. Yeah. There were people telling me not to do it when I was walking down the aisle. Oh. So you're a stubborn stubborn bitch too? Yeah. Okay. Rose-colored glasses and all. Yeah. Well, and then there's also the I can fix them. No, you can't fix them. That's not a thing. That's not a thing. (laughs) Just saying. I know. I'm sorry. What was that, that again? It's not a thing. Okay. I know you think it's a thing. It's not a thing. It's not a thing. <laughs> now, look. Your group date could be something as simple as going to the movies, going out for dinner, going to a munch is a great one for kink. <laughs> That's one of my favorites. Is doing it going to a munch because first of all, everybody there is kinky. You watch how they're reacting to talking to other kinksters, and you get an idea. And when you walk away and they start talking to you about what they heard, what they learned, Mm -hmm. you can learn a lot from their reaction. Are they judging other people's kinks? Are they going, ooh, that was fascinating. This is important information. Hang out with their friends because they may be well-behaved around your friends, but around their friends, you're going to see who they really are. I've also made that mistake Uh once or twice. I do. I've made a lot of mistakes. With people. Yeah, no, there's there was an instance where actually it was that same person who people, like, he didn't get along with my friends, I didn't get along with his friends, it was that whole thing. Ouch. Yeah. It probably shouldn't have happened. There was a reason you know, people tried to talk me out of it. Everybody's got regrets in life. Yeah, that's a big one. But, um, again, if they hang out with your friends and you hang out with them, it's a good judge of character. And again, not just for kink. You can do this with kink, you can do this with dating. If you're doing it with kink, Talk to their kink friends. Their kink friends may be different than their, I don't know what you want to call it, vanilla friends, IRL friends, whatever it is. It can be different. Yeah. Ask them for references. Ooh. Like like actual typed out on letterhead references? No, just mention names. Like who, so who have you been involved with? Who have you played with? We'll go into, as I said, we'll go into a whole bunch of questions in a little bit. Ah, uh, be careful with that, go, because your exes. But that's. But you see, the thing is, is I want to talk to the exes too. Because if you're only giving me the people who are going to give you good references, I want to also talk to the people who you might have had a bad breakup with or a good breakup with. Because so twisted though when it comes to that. So I'm, I mean, it's important. But not every ex is a bad breakup. I mean, I've heard of that. I personally don't have any. I have not stayed. I've tried to stay friends with one ex. It didn't work. (laughs) I just can't. But I know a lot of other people who are still good friends with their exes. Yeah, I'm half and half on that. I won't say anything bad about the second ex or even some of the play partners that I had. But there's a few that I'm just like, mm-mm. All right, no. but don't you want to know that? Like my ex, Voldemort. 
right? Yeah, but are you are you sure you're not completely twisting it is the problem. If you had a bad breakup, that's very, very easy to twist shit around. True. But in my instance, there's two problems with him. One is he's a bad partner. And that's the only one that I speak about and that I know for a fact because he was my partner. But there's shit that has happened at his parties. And I tell people point blank, this did not happen when I was with him because I wouldn't have been with him right. if this shit happened then. This is newer shit. And I can give them a list of 20 references. I have point blank told somebody. In fact, I did at the party last night. I said, don't go. There's predators. Yeah. It's like, don't do it. But trust me, he'll never use me as a reference. So it's not a problem. Nah. <laughs> Again, but we're back to listening to your gut, right? You're hanging out with them. You're seeing what they're like. Don't ignore that nagging feeling that something isn't quite right. Don't be so desperate for a partner that you overlook stuff or ignore you can you don't even need to overlook it if you're just going um no that's okay i don't really need that and it is something that you need don't ignore it right and don't ignore your friends i know this is hard no, trust that's me the, that's actually I've, the hardest part i've i've been there i wasn't very good at listening to my friends all right let's talk about some different vetting questions that you can ask that will start you off one of the things that somebody asked me like what is my favorite vetting question to ask and my answer to that is open-ended questions. Oh, for sure. Because you could say to somebody, so do you believe in safe words? What the fuck do you think they're going to tell you? Think they're going to be honest with you and say, no. Some might. And that's easy. It's like, thank you for telling me you're an ass up front and make my life easy. I don't think we will suit. Bye-bye. Right? But not everybody's that stupid. No, not everybody. There's a few that you can catch right? like that. But no. Because somebody could say, I absolutely believe in safe words. I'm very disappointed. I don't want my subs using them, but sure, I believe in them, right? So if you ask them, do you believe in safe words? And they're going to say, yes, tells you fucking nothing. So what kind of open-ended questions are you talking about here? All right. Well, tell me about your journey in the kink lifestyle. I love that one because there's so much. So for you, example, who needs somebody who's way more experienced, you can get a very long involved story when it comes and to I'm that. And I'm totally okay with that. And that's what you want. I, on the other hand, if I hear, oh, this is my first party and this is my first time, but I'm so interested and I've been interested for a really long time, I'm going to be like, hello. <laughs> Let me be your guide in this kinky journey. <laughs> uh, yeah. I will be your kinky tour guide. Oh, God. Is that a thing? Can I do that? Yes. Um, Actually, uh, Caprica, who we interviewed in the make kinky profession. Mm -hmm. She actually coined that phrase. I mean, she might not have been the first, but I've heard her use that, that she I will be a kinky it. tour guide. I love it. Is that similar to a mentor? It can't be, right? I don't think it is. I think it's slightly different. It's just but showing there, them. There's always overlapping. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love that term. But um, so like, again, you hear that story and you just let them talk and you can get some really good stuff. Like, oh, I love this one. What is the most fulfilling part of being on, you know, whatever it is, your title or right. your, your slashes, and you want to hear different things that catch your interest. I love it. Well, one of the things, like when I am, for lack of a better term, dom hunting. <laughs> yes. I will ask something like that. And when they come back at me with things like having you suck my dick. Rara is going to be like, nope. I'm like, we're done. And it's not that I have a problem with sucking dick. Clearly not, Miss Flufferpants. Right? But- to me, that says the only thing you're concerned about when it comes to kink is getting your dick sucked. And Rara, why is it that you don't like that? 
Because BDSM is not always about sex. How many different ways can we say that? (laughs) I'm just going to keep saying it that one way and screaming it from the rooftop so people can hear me. It's a really big soapbox if you're climbing up on the roof. Yeah. Well, it's a couple of soapboxes. I've had to stack them. (laughs) Did you make stairs? (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) You know, look, sucking dick is great. And it can absolutely be included in a in a relationship. It shouldn't be the only thing. Mm-mm. And if that's all they're looking for, me. Right? Yeah. Mm-mm. Tell me about your last dom, sub, or whatever relationship partner, they right. were in. Hmm? Uh, or partner, right. Yeah. yeah, or partner. Yeah. Whether they speak well of that person, regardless of how it ended, whether they're telling you, oh, that person was a crazy psycho the whole time. If, oh, if yeah. all your exes are crazy bitches, what's the thing in common? <laughs> Did you drive them to that point? Yeah. And it's also, you want to hear how somebody talks about another human, right? Right. You want to hear they talk nicely. One of my favorite things to do is, you know, we talked earlier about going out together to munches. I want to see how they treat the wait staff. Mm-hmm. I got another one that is uh, going to be important to Rara. Yeah. What if they make too many Jew jokes or any racist jokes? Oh, yeah. That's not going to work for me. Nope. That tells me what they're like as a human being. Forget just as a dom or sub. That tells me what they're like as a human being. That's it's not exactly going to work for what me. reminded me of that. Yeah. Because you recently had an experience where somebody made a joke like that. Yeah. That nothing will kill a lady boner faster. Exactly. Right? Ask why their last dynamic ended. Because that says a lot. I mean, if they say... We wanted different things. If they say that we evolved and grew separately. Yeah, we went in different directions. All of that is is not a bad thing. But if their answer is, well, because I kept making these rules and they wouldn't follow them. Yikes. That one is a little iffy. If the person asks for rules and they said, I don't want to do any of those. And they were like, just completely ignoring the basis of the dynamic. I would say, yeah, that's a valid reason to break up with somebody. And I could say, well, the reason was because I kept making the rules according to what our dynamic parameters were. And they were ignoring them. And I was done. I was over it. But that to me, that's where the terminology is important. So there's a big difference between saying, well, I was making these rules and they weren't following it. Versus, I wanted to try to implement some rules in our dynamic, right? That tells me somebody who understands that rules need to be discussed and negotiated versus I made the rules and they ignored them. It's, uh, we, we mentioned it in a, the a previous episode where if you're just arbitrarily making rules, that's completely different than stating, okay, now here are the rules within our parameters that we've already pre-negotiated right. and discussed. I mean, when I'm the Dom, one of the rules that I will always want implemented is I want good morning and good night texts. Right. That's a big one for me. That's too. a big one. And if somebody says to me, I'm not going to do that, then that's probably not somebody who's going to work with me. It's not about that. I need to know where they are every, every second, every hour of the day. For me, it's more like it's setting the tone. So that's even a rule when I'm a sub. So when I, when I went specifically and said I need a daddy and I went and hunted one down and grabbed him and trapped him. <laughs> and she did, folks. I She's did. not kidding. <laughs> well, the trapping part, that was, I think. Well, that, he, that's up to interpretation. He walked into it. My rule was I would like a good morning text. And at the time before we moved in together, 
he was getting up extremely early and mm-hmm. way earlier than I was, like four o'clock in the morning. And he sent me a text and I would respond when I woke up. But as the sub, that was my rule. I wanted the good morning text. And even now, when we are, I don't know if it's a rule so much as a tradition, but I get I get angsty and I get a little bit peeved when he doesn't do it. I asked him to text me when he's done with work and on his way home. Even if I'm at work, it doesn't matter. I Mm -hmm. want to know he's on his way home safe. I don't necessarily need to talk to him the whole damn day. We're busy. We don't need to do that. But I like knowing he's on his way home. And for me, you know, some people talk about how when they, they'll get into a mindset of a submissive by putting on their collar, that Mm -hmm. test of mind. For me, getting up in the morning and sending that good morning text, that helps put me into that submissive mindset. That works, yeah. Right? And so at when I'm the do- when I'm the dom, I want to put my submissive into that mindset and I want that text from them. I think that's that's got to that's part of it with me in the panties. That's why I want daddy to pick the panties because that puts me immediately I'm like, okay, this is my place, this is where I'm at. Right. That's it. Mm-hmm. I like yeah, that's actually a really good point. So those are the things that I would be asking about and that's what I'd want to know. Which of your exes could I contact as a reference? Now, whether or not I reach out and contact them or not, I might not. Right. But by asking the question and their response back to me, that will tell me a lot. So if they refuse to, that's concerning. Even if they say to me, all right, here's here's one, but it ended badly, so they're probably not going to speak well of me. That might not necessarily be a deal breaker because, yeah, I mean- Exes if you if you asked stuff. if you asked at least one of my exes, yeah, he's gonna have nothing nice to say about me. <laughs> Doesn't mean I'm wrong. Okay, all right, yeah. I'm talking about Voldemort. I okay, no, that one's right. Crazy. The other two exes probably could say nice things about me. Probably. I would hope they would. We didn't end bitterly. What about tell me about your mentor? Oh, that's a good one. If, if they have one, mentor. right? But you might also. I, I mean, I I didn't have a mentor. But I could certainly tell you people that I've spoken to who've helped me, who've taught me, who I've learned from. You know, some people, and this actually came up in a conversation in a whole nother group. They said they're self-taught. Now, self-taught is not necessarily a bad thing. It depends on if they are like, well, I self-taught and that's all I need. Right. If Versus. They're, if they're not willing to take the advice of people who have more experience and more knowledge, that's the problem. But you can be mostly self-taught. I am mostly self-taught with Electro. But you can probably give like, I know there are people who use, let's say, YouTube to practice their rope skills. There's nothing wrong with saying, oh, well, I've learned from two naughty boys. And they start listing people. Or I've read Lee Harrington's book. I've read Midori's book. Like By telling me that, yes, well, you're technically self-taught. You're learning from experienced kinksters who have phenomenal reputations. Exactly. It's, you know, a lot of stuff, it's not just what they say and what they don't say will tell you. Right. So in my case, again, mostly self-taught, mostly self-practicing for a couple of years. And then I ran into a person with 20, 30 years experience, happened to be at a party I was at. He had his kit. I had mine. And I went, oh my God, can you show me? Can you, can I ask you questions? I have been 
fetting and emailing and whatever fetting is that a word it can be fet lifing yes messaging with this person ever since mm-hmm. and they've taught me so much right so much another thing you can ask them what are some of the non-kink things you bring with you to a scene do they have a first aid kit do they have if they're a rope person make sure that they have that they have scissors that cut do they carry water snacks blankets if they're a submissive, do they have, or, or a bottom, do they have their stuffies, if they have those, or... Whatever is in their aftercare kit. Right. Yeah, that's a that's a big deal. If they don't need aftercare, do you should ask that. Mm-hmm. Do you provide aftercare? Because, like, let's say I'm a person that needs aftercare. I don't. Right. So I would ask my potential person, do you provide aftercare? Now, me as a top, when I'm doing electro demos, I'm, no, I don't. I don't have time. And everybody is aware of that first thing. You have, yeah, it has to be. And it's, in a demo situation, that's going to be different because there just isn't enough time to be able to demo for as many people who want it and still offer aftercare. But I know you still ask, do they have somebody else for their aftercare? Yes, I do. And that's usually what happens. I have somebody get off the table and I'm going to look at them and I say, do you have a, or before they even get off the table, before we even start, I say, do you have a partner? Do you have somebody with you that can take care of you when you're done? Because you're probably going to be a little spacey. Mm -hmm. If I'm looking for a potential top, I'll ask, how do you handle safe word situations when this, when the bottom doesn't have the power of speech? That's a big deal. A lot of people don't even realize that they can go nonverbal during a scene. So you need to know. You know, and if you are the top, you can ask things like, do you lose speech during your scene? What are physical symptoms I could be looking for? Like if somebody asked me, watch my toes. My <laughs> toes give it away. Yeah, those are funny. Okay. I don't go nonverbal ever. <laughs> it's I a do. problem. My don't life. shut up. Huh? So, huh? What? What? Huh? What? Who? What? Yeah. No, you don't ever shut up. <laughs> no. But um, I actually do. My little goes nonverbal. A lot. Just slipping into little space. I just forget words. I, I, okay. Yeah. No. Um, Daddy has learned to interpret meh. Are there multiple meanings to meh? Yes. Okay. There actually is. <laughs> okay. Okay. Another thing you can say is tell me not or tell me five non-sexual things that you could incorporate into our dynamic. Yeah. Because if their answer is, I don't know. Then it tells me their only concern is sex. Yeah. And while sex is fine, don't get me wrong. It's a great addition. It doesn't necessarily have to be the end all be all. And it shouldn't be because, you know, you only spend so many hours a day fucking. If you don't have any relationship beyond the fucking. Yeah, I don't like that. You need to be able to want to hang out together, watch a movie together. Also, if I spent that amount of time fucking, I think my my vagina would fall off. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Should we test out that theory? No, I'm good. I like it where it is. Thank Fine. you. I'm going to keep Dear it God. right there in place. <laughs> uh, as somebody who is a heavy bottom, one of the things I like to ask is you're about their scenes. What's the most difficult scene you've ever done and why and what did you learn from it? When has a scene gone wrong? What happened and how did you handle it? Oh, how did you handle it is a big one. Well, first of all, if they say I've never had a scene go wrong, they're lying. Yeah. Bullshit. Well. I mean, does it mean that the scene's gone horribly wrong? No. It's very possible the scene hasn't gone horribly wrong. But there's always been a case where you, oops, mm-hmm. we're human, folks. Mm-hmm. 
And how did they handle it? I've accidentally shocked myself on an earring once because they were too dangly for electro. My dumbass were big, chunky, dangly earrings and I shocked my own ear. That to me is doing something wrong. You accidentally cut me. I did. I did do that. <laughs> how, how did you handle that, Dar? What did you learn from that? I don't lesson? remember. <laughs> no, I learned never fucking do that with a curry comb ever. <laughs> See? Lesson learned. Lesson learned. I did <laughs> learn something. <laughs> what about punishment? Oh, yes. You should definitely ask about punishment. What's the most elaborate or most difficult? What is, um, what did the, what was the purpose of it? Cause you don't want to just give, same like you're not giving rules arbitrarily. You probably shouldn't give punishments arbitrarily. Either. Well, you shouldn't. Punishments need to be agreed to. Negotiated and agreed to beforehand because not everybody even believes in punishment. I know several submissives who prefer to work on a reward system versus a punishment. I've had deep discussions with a group of folks about this issue on punishments because there are some people who are very anti-punishment. They feel it's just wrong. And you have to discuss this because I don't mind punishments. For me, I like my life is very black and white. And I'm good good with that. I need to know, this is the rule. You break it. This is what happens. But guess what, folks? As a masochist, no, if you give me a rule and I break it and the punishment is a spanking, that's not going to deter me. No. That's going to encourage it. <laughs> yeah. Right? For me, the spankings are rewards. Yeah. And for me, daddy's saying, he doesn't even say it. He just looks disappointed because I didn't do something that oh. he asked me to do. Oh, my God. It kills me. I hate that look. It the disappointment? Me. Yeah, that's so much worse. Oh, my God. Though I got lines once. Lines are hard. But he never said, I am disappointed in you. He just went, okay. You knew. And I was like, oh, fuck. Right. But you really need to go in depth with them about what the philosophy is in regard to punishment. And safety. Oh, safety is important. Yeah. Do they follow rack, prick? Somebody tells you they follow SSC, safe, sane, consensual. Do you know what that tells me? Tells me they're not continuing their kink education. education. Yeah. Because there's other things to look at. SSC had a time and a place. We've moved past it. Yeah. Now it's SAC. Well, for us. Or mm -hmm. actually Isaac. Did oh, I tell yeah, you about Isaac? Right. I forgot about Isaac. Informed. Now I forgot what it is. Informed, sincere. Active. Active and consensual. Mm-hmm. I like it. I, like I have to remember how to spell Isaac. Well, normally Isaac has two A's, one two S. Two A's, but we went Isaac. No, no. Well, it is. That's why we added the and is one of the A's. Oh, now it is Isaac. Got right, you. It is. So it's informed, sincere, active, and, and consensual. consensual. Okay. If your name is Isaac, we apologize for appropriating that into kink, but also Or not. maybe not. <laughs> I'm sure there are Isaacs that are into kink. Probably. I would imagine. What? Because your name's Isaac, you can't be kinky? Well, can you imagine saying, hey, my name is Isaac and I follow the rule of Isaac? I love it. <laughs> I See, I think that'd be so clever. That's the kind of stuff I like. But yeah, I, I would like to know where somebody stands within their safety philosophy. Because if they're one way and it doesn't match up with mine, we got to problems. Yep. Well, what if they're racking your prick? It's close. <laughs> But if you say Isaac to Rara, she's really going to go after you oh, because yes. that means you're a fan. Yes. <laughs> I like that. Aftercare, big one. Do they provide? I think we already discussed this. How do you do your aftercare? Is it compatible to the aftercare 
that you want, you, the vetting person, want? For me, if somebody starts talking about, will they perform aftercare and it's, again, back to sex. Yeah. Then that tells me that this person is really into the kink to get their dick sucked. And I'm saying this, I know I'm being very gender specific here, but I'm talking from my point of view. From your experience. From my my point of view and um, my love of men and dicks. (laughs) Just saying. But if if it really comes back to all sex stuff, mm-hmm. then it's telling me that sex is their main reason they're doing all of this, and it's not for me. So my aftercare is pretty damn specific. This, so I always needed somebody who could provide this exact aftercare, which okay. people, some of them are not willing to give. It's my face pressed up against your skin, preferably on the chest. There we go. It has to be. I don't know why. Sometimes an arm, but my face resting on the skin of the chest, it's warm. It's comfy. I like it. I did a knife play scene once with somebody. They couldn't provide the aftercare. So I wandered over to somebody else who and, provided and face that planted I did in it. their face chest. I did right into her tits. And she was like, okay, I, I will do this for you. And I was like, hey, you have nice tits. Can I borrow them? <laughs> She was like, yeah, of course you can. And she just led me over to. And the funny thing is, daddy was right there. I blew right past him and went straight for this girl. Well, because sometimes you want the softness. Daddy's pretty soft. He's um dad bod. I like the dad bod. But also his skin is just really, I like it. Yeah. See, see, Diesel doesn't and have. It's really good. Diesel doesn't have a dad bod, but I still, his skin is soft enough for me. It works. <laughs> Are you clumped again? I can see your face. Yeah. Well, I may be seeing him this afternoon. So just say. Oh, all right. Well, we better get done. Yeah. I'll get in the mood. This is my, forget aftercare. This is my pre-care. Oh, yes. (laughs) Getting me in the mood. Oh, hey, do you need pre-care? There you go. (laughs) Do you need foreplay for kink? It's not just about sex, guys. There's foreplay for kink. Yeah. See, my foreplay for kink is want to do a scene. (laughs) (laughs) That's the equivalent of nice shoes. Let's fuck. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) I'm good with that. What are the cues in a scene? Like, how do they recognize when they need to progress versus when they need to pull back? And the reason you're asking these questions is not just so you know what to look for, but it gives you an indication into their mindset of how they do scenes. I don't want somebody who says, well, the cue is when you tell me. That's Mm -hmm. not enough. No, because again, what if you're a person that goes nonverbal? Right. I need to know that you are paying attention to my body. Like somebody asked me, how do I know is the top when it's, when it's time to stop? And the example that I gave is when I'm constantly having to remind my bottom to stick their butt back out. Right. The, once it starts happening more often that I have to remind them and it's taking them longer to stick their butt back out, that tells me we're, we're nearing the end. They're reaching their limits. So watching you at that party last night, I, I noticed a few of your tells. Yeah. Which I thought was cool because I know you well enough now. I've never actually participated in a scene like that with you before, but I know you and I could read your tells. Oh, do tell my tells. Ha. Uh, no, you would hold your breath and then go. Mm. Oh, yeah. And I was like, that was either a very deep one or she's starting to really feel it and come and it's starting to get close to the end. It was a deep one. Yeah. I can I can read a few of those now. Yeah. Or when I go, ow. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah. meow. <laughs> Apparently. As, as Daddy J thought <laughs> you were meowing. <laughs> it's so cute. Oh, here's because you mentioned this one when you talked about asking for the driver's license. Ask for ID. I mean, especially if you're looking for a relationship. You don't need it if you're looking for necessarily just a play partner. But for a I lot mean, of yeah, you do just well, in case. A lot of people use C names. Yes. All right. When you meet somebody at a play party and they're going to do a scene with you, they don't ask you for what your legal name is and you certainly wouldn't share it. Nope. But for a relationship, that's different. No, that one you absolutely need a lot more information. If you're just going to do a couple of scenes at a thing, you're just like, all right, what's your name? And I'll be like, Dara. But for Daddy J, before I met him, I gave him my real name. Ooh. Actually, I think it was the other way around. I think I met him with my real name. And then had to say And then told him, I was like, hey, you're going to a party with me. By the way, my name is Dara. Yeah. I th- I don't remember how I did that. I know um, when I was using Vanilla Umbrella, it was Dara only. And I would tell them my real name after. But if uh, I think on OKC, I might have used my real name. I'm not. I don't remember. You don't remember at this point? I don't remember. It's been a while. Yeah. See, and for me... Rara is both my scene name and my name. Is it my legal name? No, but it is my nickname that I use in the vanilla world as well. Right. So, and I don't tell anybody my legal name because I hate it, but that's a whole other story. I know it. A few people know it until I changed my Facebook to reflect my nickname. All right. Meetings. Are they willing to meet with me several times before we play together? Definitely a good one. You know. Especially, once again, if you're going with a relationship. And not just a scene at a party. Because you're meeting them, that's fine. You're meeting them at the party. But if you meet online, you need to probably meet that person before you've seen. I highly recommend it. And honestly, look, I'm not a fan of the pickup play. I'm just not. Because I feel like that's a risk level that's way higher than I'm willing to do. So a lot of these, remember, I wrote these notes. A lot of these are based upon the fact that you're not going to do pickup play. These are not pickup play vetting situations because I don't know that you can do adequate vetting for pickup play. Just my personal opinion. To me, that's different than demoing. That's to me, that's different. Okay. To me, as I said, demoing is different because you are a representative of the party host. And if I trust the party host, I have to believe that the party host has only allowed reputable demo tops to work. Okay. So, like, if I just went to a club not demoing and I wanted to do pickup play. Yeah. I wouldn't. Hmm. Personally. Okay. Nope. Fair enough. I mean, and not just because you're doing electro. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, big deal here. What kind of health issues do you have and how do you deal with those with health issues? Oh, yeah. We're going to do an entire episode on that. Mm-hmm. Because that's come up in a lot of discussions. When do you share stuff? Do you share stuff? Do you need to tell, if you're the bottom, do you need to tell the top these things and vice versa? I actually, that's one of the things I specifically ask. Because it affects. It affects my scenes. Right. Yes. But you probably don't cover everything. No. Because if you don't think it affects your scenes, you don't ask it. Well, the interesting thing is usually ask about metal in the body, any surgeries that you have, pins or... Um, replacement bits or anything like that. If you have a battery operated medical device attached right. to your body, that's a hell to the fuck no. 
Uh, and because it's electro, I have to ask about pregnancy and I ask male, female, non by everybody. Just in case. I ask literally everyone if they're pregnant. One of the things that I never thought about was somebody told me that they have a burn scar on their arm and to please avoid that. And I was like, okay, how long ago did it happen? Is it like still really sensitive or something? And they're like, no, it was several years ago, but there's nerve damage. There you go. I went, oh, all right. So not one of my standard questions, but that person brought it up. I was like, all right, cool. Got it. Well, for example, I have chronic kidney health problems. I don't tell, I don't bring it up because you shouldn't be hitting my kidneys regardless. (laughs) If they do, that's a whole different problem. Right? And it doesn't impact, ha, doesn't impact my impact sessions. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm tired. We're so bad. I'm tired and I'm giddy this morning. Tell me your tells and impact my impact. <laughs> These are the worst. Words are hard. And we think they're funny. That's, that shows you our level <laughs> of exhaustion. Of exhaustion right now because we thought those were funny. I'm sure everybody else listening is going, what are they? They're on maybe you guys should listen to this when you're tired and then you'll find it funny too yeah get slap happy first just be so tired that you're already giggling and then listen and it'll go a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> but i don't it doesn't it doesn't affect my scenes <laughs> because nobody should be touching the fucking kidneys anyway mm-hmm. right there's lots of different things that we don't think about so that's going to be a whole episode All right things like Are you willing to accept that I am not your submissive or dominant until I make the decision to be that person to you? You know, I, I, I made the mistake. This is, this is my story of my mistake. The guy I went out on a date with, we've been talking online, went out on the first date. Dora's already slapping her head. Oh, I hated this one. So we've all got stupid decisions in our lives. Plenty, but this one was special. Well, cause I'm special. Okay. So if I'm going to fuck up, I'm going to fuck up big. Yeah, I'm, I still I'm, tell people stories about this one. I'm the fuck up big or go home person. So yeah, I don't so do what anything did you happen. do? Well, I accepted him as my dominant from the first date. Yeah, no. Every single woman in the ladies chat. Yeah. Every single person in the ladies chat that she talked about this in went, oh, dear God. No. There were side conversations. Is she crazy? What is going? Why is she doing this? Yes, this I am. This is not normal for her. Just so you know, it never made it to a second date. Nope. <laughs> we had a falling out. Immediately. Basically because he thought that now that he was my dominant, he could tell me what to do. And it was just, it was a mess. When I said to him, I needed X, Y, Z, he's like, well, I don't offer that. And you were like, well, bye. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. We but- were all going, what the actual fuck? I've learned I don't do that again. See, oh, my, you know what's really cool is I make really big fuck-ups, but I never make them more than once. <laughs> That's good. I learned from my lessons and I just find new fuck-ups. Yeah, you do. All right, here's an interesting, ready? Pet peeves. See, this one I never thought about. Here's, I'll tell you why this one came up. Do you know what one of my biggest pet peeves is? One of the stupidest things that I hate and will not allow anybody to do in front of me? Whistling. With their mouth open? Whistling. What? I hate whistling with a passion it's like nails on chalkboard for me good to know anybody i've been in a relationship with the rules are you cannot whistle when i'm with you if you need to whistle whistle when you're by yourself you cannot whistle in front of me i hate 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 whistling did i make that clear hate whistling 
And if you fucking whistle now. Oh, my God, am I tempted? <laughs> don't do it. I've got toys right there and I will use them because I don't consent to whistling. So the fact that you don't consent to being hit is not going to stop hey, me. Hey, two wrongs don't make a right. But it makes a left turn. I think it was the fact that you hit that so fast. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Don't fucking whistle. I wish I had known that line when I was a kid because my mother always said two wrongs don't make a right. But if I had known that, <laughs> man, that would have gotten me a slap across the face. <laughs> Woo. But see, these are important things to know. If I'm with somebody who absolutely feels a great need to whistle, we're not going to get along well. I can't handle it. Um, I think one of my biggest ones is don't chew with your mouth open. You are not a cow. Moo. <laughs> I'm tired. Coffee. I'm so fucking tired. I'm coffee. so tired. I can't believe you just did that to me. <laughs> I can go back to meow. <laughs> okay, Rob Rather is a barnyard today. <laughs> so it can be really exciting to meet somebody for, for the first time. But just like when you meet someone on a dating site, you need to make sure to keep yourself safe. So here's some quick do's and don'ts for meeting for that first time, right? Do meet in a public place. Do ensure that somebody knows where you'll be. Do make sure you have a designated person who's going to check in on you. And do make sure you have an escape plan. Yes. You know, that's usually, usually have a friend call you at a designated time. And if necessary, they can be, oh, I'm so, all right, I'll be right there. And it's an emergency you have to deal with. Or if things are going well and you don't need to escape. Right. That's, right? that's exactly right? what I did. So some don'ts would be don't go anywhere alone with them, especially on a first date if you have never met them before. And that especially includes don't go to their house for a scene. Oh, God, don't do that. Do not give them your address. And don't have play sessions the first meeting. Yes, please don't. I, that makes me nuts. I, I, that bears repeating. All like right. we've said it several times. Please don't do that. Dear God. So basically, vetting is going to be a way to ensure compatibility. Make sure you know their history, their style of BDSM, and other relevant information. And you might not always have a good outcome through the vetting because it might turn out that somebody isn't the right person for you. But it's going to help you pick and choose the partners that meet up with the version of the lifestyle that you are trying to practice. As always, be careful, stay safe, and and pay attention to red flags. Thank you for hanging out with us today. If you have a question you would like answered, or just have a story about the lifestyle you want to share, you can send us a voicemail, and maybe it will be shared in a future episode. Just go to pinkkinkpodcast.com to contact us. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and FetLife at the handle Pink Kink Podcast. Join our Facebook group, Pink Kink Podcast, and hang out with other pink kinksters. If you love what we do and are able to help support us, we are on Patreon. Just look for us on patreon.com slash pink kink podcast. Even if you can't show your support financially, there are other ways you can help. You can spread the word about our kinky podcast and tell your friends about us. You can also rate and review pink kink on Apple podcasts or wherever you listen. The five star reviews really help. Don't forget to subscribe to pink kink. So you don't miss a minute of the fun. New episodes come out every Friday. So until next time, stay pretty, stay safe.
and stay twisted.